0: Welcome to Teleos, a podcast designed to equip parents
1: and leaders as they make mature disciple makers of the next generation. For more resources, check out the show notes below. This is part two of
0: John's story. So if you missed the first episode, I'd say go give that one a listen. But in this episode, we're going to be talking about John's years in the youth ministry. Parents have such a great influence on their kids, even if they don't think they do. And so we as a youth ministry need to do everything we can to help support them and resource them and encourage them and really do kind of pull out all the stops to really help parents do what God's called them to do. Thanks for listening. Now let's dive back in.
1: question you're trying to figure out what you're doing with your life do I go to grad school? Is this position even going to be open yeah. like how like how did that feed into this thing of identity and trusting Lord and making Lord over your life like where yeah. were you in that spe- were you were was it like a good experience to kind of just like <laughs> let it up and say well, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen or yeah. was it
0: yeah. well so I'll, I'll say this that Greg Maston helped it be less stressful because. Mm-hmm. He kind of gave me little play-by-plays throughout the semester that, like, okay, I think it might happen to, yeah, it's going to happen to. We just have to work out some details. But I'm still like, okay, summer's coming quickly, you know. Yeah, and I'm I still not,
1: haven't signed anything. Yeah,
0: and I'm not applying for grad school because I'm hoping in this. And so I, I think that there was frustration, but it was actually leading into me into a sweet time with the Lord to say, hey, God, you have been so trustworthy my whole life story, you've been with me and you've helped form my identity. You've shown me my identity. You're growing me in my identity. And that was one of those sanctifying experiences too, that mm-hmm. he was saying, Hey, trust me, trust my timing and don't worry. Right. I think that's biblical, right. Is do not worry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's only in the Bible. That's like right. You know, 300. Yeah. Times.
0: Yeah. And so that was a good experience for me, but um, I was so grateful to get that position Mm-hmm. You know, and and long story short, it it that position turned into a full time position, um, where Pastor Ben at the time kind of said, "Hey, John, we would love to see you continue," and I said, "Boy, I I need some kind of Christian education because I've only been through public school now, and if I'm going to spend years in ministry, I want to grow in my knowledge of the Bible," and mm-hmm. um, and so he said, "Let's help you do that," and so Grace actually helped put me through. My Moody um, Theological Seminary, my Masters in Biblical Studies, so that was awesome, and I was able to graduate uh, with that degree in 2014.
1: And that so. was all while you're transitioning from year-long intern to yeah. What, what, walk us through that. Like, what were the steps working with junior high, senior high? All yeah, things.
0: yeah. So I started as the assistant director, working mostly with junior high and working closely with Greg. I did that for five years before taking Greg's job when he started working with young adults. So I became the director of student ministries, and I had that job for almost five years. And then my most recent transition has been to help oversee the development of kids and their parents from birth through 18 as the director of student and family ministries. I'll talk a little bit more about that later, but it's been a joy to give greater attention to family vision, mission, and equipping And also just working with Julie Quarters to have this kind of comprehensive vision for families. But going back to my early time with Greg, we did a lot of thinking and planning together. He hadn't gotten his master's yet either, so we were able to start grad school together at Moody and have a lot of fun planning and vision casting on our three-hour trip to Moody and back each week. So it was just a sweet time of learning and growing together man, getting that biblical studies degree was awesome because I was so passionate about what I was learning and able to apply it here in the ministry. So if I was going through a class on Genesis, I was teaching on Genesis in the junior high, and it was really helpful. And so that was a blessing, but it was super slow. So it took me all the way from 2007 to 2014 to get my degree because I was doing only one or two classes at a time and kind of clicking through that. Mm -hmm. So by the end, I was definitely ready to be done, but I was also so grateful for both the financial help and the time and the space to be able to do it and do full-time ministry at the same time because I think a lot of graduate students might just like zip through it and then get thrown into the ministry. Mm -hmm. But here I got to kind of apply it as I went along and kind of grow both together. And so that was a really formative time for me as well. So, yeah, that was a blessing. I should mention, so part of my story is um, meeting Beth, and Beth had grown up in the youth group, Uh, a year behind me, but we really didn't know each other because neither of us was really plugged in. So in 2007, uh, we met. Greg brought her on board as a leader. I Mm -hmm. think he had maybe mixed motives in (laughs) helping me get to know her a little bit too. And uh, we ended up dating. And uh, during her graduate time at Wheaton, she was getting her um, master's in clinical psychology we were dating, and then we were engaged during those seasons. And it's hard to have a long-distance relationship. So I, yeah. I learned that two-and-a-half-hour trip very quickly um, <laughs> to Wheaton and back. But, yeah, so we got married in 2009. And um, just real blessing of being able to be in a town with our family and going to church with our, our family still, too. I never thought I would be at Grace all my life and be, certainly not be on staff at Grace. And here I've been on staff since 2006. Um, we have three beautiful children. We have Joel, who's nine, and Micah, who's seven, and Lucy, who's six. And they're at a really fun stage, so mm-hmm. we're just having a blast and really excited about discipling them and encouraging them forward in their faith. So I should say um, there's been some transition. So I I, I, I kind of talked about how who does God say I I am, and then the transition really became. How can I help others realize their true identity? Mm-hmm. And that's something I found in the youth ministry. And I especially had a heart for students who are like me, who felt like Christianity is just checking the box, is going to church on Sundays, and just making sure the big great God in the sky doesn't just stamp you out. You know, you do enough to kind of keep along and satisfy them. And I want to help students like that, and I still do, students who aren't letting the Lord be the Lord of their life, mm. but rather they're saying God is just, or Christ is just good for salvation and I'm gonna handle the rest. I'm gonna figure out the rest. And so that was why I got into youth ministry and why I was like, yes, this is it, not counseling for me. All the counseling that I like to do is found here in youth ministry. Mm. And so it's been a blessing to invest in students and help them discover that identity. Um, So that kind of transitions into me talking about how the youth ministry uh has transitioned and changed over the years too, and what we're excited about now,
1: yeah, before you get into all that, like I just think it's cool to think about i mean all ultimately it comes down to the way, the way that God works in people's lives and just how crazy it was like you sit i mean it wasn't this building but like you sitting in the youth group, and now you're kind of removed from it but seeing yourself Mm -hmm. and seeing the journey that these students are on but wanting to change it for the glory of god and for their good and for and just to like i don't know but like have i think it's good for people to know and hear that it's like we we see your kids like we see them in a realer way than sometimes i think parents and leaders um think about but that also like We understand too that there's grace and there's a journey, and it's it's different for every single student. And so, um, and I've just seen that play out in the way that we do the the ministry. And it's not like a there's not like a track of like okay, you've checked off this box, you know how you know you know these things, and now you're gonna learn this topic and this and moving on. But it is really more. Relational, So yeah, go yeah. into more of just how it's kind of shifted and changed. I mean, culture has shifted and changed sure. since 2006 when you started. Just a little so. bit. Just
0: a little bit, yeah. <laughs> how Living is that? since 2004 because that was my first uh, summer internship. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, it's changed by leaps and bounds. And like I said, the youth group was a mess during my four years, but Greg was just coming on senior year. And I'm so grateful for that man because he has such a heart for discipleship. And that has played out in how he shaped the youth ministry coming out of such a mess, and also how we've grown and developed it together. Mm-hmm. And then now that he's moved um, forward, and I've taken his job—I keep taking his job—how um, <laughs> how I continue to shape it, and just seeing that you know it's not bad to have fun. It's not bad to be have the crazy games and get messy and have pizza and all that kind of stuff. But discipleship really is the process that's going to change lives and hearts. Mm-hmm. So all the fun really has to point towards discipleship being the end goal. If it's just fun in and of itself, then it really doesn't serve a purpose. And and a lot of people look fondly back on their youth group years. But I look at a lot of the youth groups that the heyday was kind of the 90s and mm-hmm. everything was just fun and goofy games and all these things. And a lot of people look on it fondly and yet they don't think about the statistic that All these kids who are actively plugged into those youth groups are not walking with the Lord now. Mm -hmm. So if they're saying that's the model, the fun model and just crazy and all this kind of stuff, that's what's going to work. It hasn't proven to be true. And so discipleship is this funny concept. It's like, oh, we find it in the gospels. (laughs) you know? It's like, this is what (laughs) Jesus did. Yeah. Yeah. Like maybe we should take a clue from Jesus Mm -hmm. and say, we need to formulate the way we do youth ministry and the vision according to what Christ was doing with his disciples. Obviously, contextualizing it for a 21st century, but looking and saying that's going to be our model, not what's the latest trend, what are the coolest things that are happening, Mm -hmm. how can we get kids in here by almost paying them with pizza and gift cards and (laughs) candy, but saying let's follow what Jesus did and uh, see where we can go from there. And so obviously we're not doing it perfectly, but over the years we've transitioned from uh, historically having youth group on Wednesday and having, uh, small groups on a different night of the week, um, whether they're at church or they're off site. And Greg and I, it kind of clicked with us that not a whole lot of kids were involved in small groups. There was a number of kids coming to the youth group time, but not small groups. We said, we really want more kids in those small groups first, because there's a greater chance of discipleship happening there because they can talk, they can be heard, Um, A leader can care for them specifically, and they can get into the Word. Mm. And secondly, because our church has always been very diverse. We've been all over the Peoria area. We've got lots of different schools represented. And how are we hoping that relationship will happen unless we get kids into smaller groups, right? So that was a decision maybe back in 2008 where we said our small groups are now going to be part of our main youth group night. And we were really pleased by that. We were really thrilled that suddenly all the kids were in small groups. They were getting the fun. They were having the altogether time, but then they were also getting to speak and be heard Mm -hmm. And the, the, maybe the shyer kids were able to open up a little bit more. And so we were really seeing a lot of benefits come from that. Um, and then another shift happened. I'll just talk about some of the shifts here. Another shift happened when, Wednesday night was kind of becoming overwhelming. and We realized that where kids maybe used to have lighter homework nights on Wednesday nights, even with PCS, PCS used to not give homework on Wednesday nights. Mm -hmm. And now all these kids were starting to get more homework. They were busier. They had it every night of the week. And so they were coming to youth group really struggling or wrestling or saying, I've got a test tomorrow. I've got to study for this. And then leaders were also barely making it to youth group on time because they're coming from work and trying to feed their families and do all this. And it felt like a really stressful night. It felt like a short night because we had to be done at the same time as everyone else at midweek grace. And then it felt like we couldn't hang out afterwards because at the school night, you got to get home, got to get to sleep, you know, do whatever. And we also didn't have space in the building. (laughs) Literally every room in the building was being taken. So we had the youth rooms and like almost nothing else. So that's when we started to think maybe a different night of the week would be good. And Sunday nights we found probably be the best night. We kind of polled parents and polled students and we switched. And it's been honestly a really great fit because of all the reasons that I said Wednesday night wasn't good, Sunday night is good. Mm-hmm. It's more relaxed. You don't have the immediate pressure of homework or work. Mm-hmm. You can hang out afterwards. We have the whole church to use, Right. it's just been a real big blessing. And um, I know there's other youth groups who say, well, we do small groups too. Um, I don't think there's any other youth group that does it as long as we do. So we allocate an hour for small groups. Honestly, we have to do that because it takes (laughs) time just to get kids kind of hearts focused, be able to get in the word, be able to pray for one another. So a lot of groups have said an hour is not enough time, but it said, sorry, we got to get it done in an hour. (laughs) And so it's been a blessing. And like I said, we're still trying to work it out, but we're seeing kids open up. We're seeing them attached to leaders, which is great. It's putting an onus on us to train and equip leaders more Mm -hmm. because kids might graduate high school and say, I feel closer to that leader than I do to John. And that's okay because that's the leader that really invested personally in them and went to all their games and stuff like that. So I love to connect as much as I can with students but I love that we have a great team of leaders too. And so that's been a big blessing. And then finally, I would say kind of our shift that we're still in the midst of right now is really trying to help parents. So I, when I came into youth ministry, I, say, I would say I had more the mentality of, hey, drop your kids off, we're gonna invest in them, get them all set mm-hmm. and we'll give them back to you. We'll let you know what we're doing and it'll be a great kind of passing back and forth. And really what's been growing on my heart is, no, parents really are the primary disciple makers. Kids become like their parents. They follow their parents. Um, Parents have such a great influence on their kids, even if they don't think they do. Mm -hmm. And so we as a youth ministry need to do everything we can to help support them and resource them and encourage them um, and really do kind of every, pull out all the stops to really help parents do what God's called them to do. Now, does it mean that we don't do awesome things with the kids either. No, we do both. We still invest in the kids heavily. We still disciple them. We still encourage them. We go to their games, but we also want to help parents. And so that's just such a passion in my heart. And being a parent now too, is saying I love this kind of both and. Mm -hmm. Not to say that one is handing off to the other, but in collaboration, we as the church are helping raise disciple makers who will make more disciples for life, right? Going down the road, And so I'm just blessed and encouraged by what the Lord has done. I'm excited for what we're doing with parents. Even this podcast is something that has spurred out of that vision Mm -hmm. and these milestone breakfasts that we're going to be doing. um, I'm just really excited to help parents have more confidence in discipling their kids. And you're right. You said a lot has changed, and absolutely. With social media, with smartphones, with everything, this is kind of a tough time to be – discipling kids. There's so many voices that are vying for their attention mm-hmm. and speaking identity and truth claims into their lives. And so it's more important now than maybe ever before that we have a loud voice in their lives and that we speak God's truth into their lives and helping them remember who they are, what their, you know, their vision is and what their purpose is, mm-hmm. and how we can help them to to get there. And so that's kind of the joy, it's exciting, it's scary, it's everything in between, but that's kind of where we're at.
1: Yeah, that's so awesome. I have one, I don't know, maybe tough question for you. Mm-hmm. But like, do you think, so if you met you as you <laughs> now, but it's you when you were say freshman year of high school. I'm thinking
0: Michael Jackson's song.
1: The man in the mirror. Looking
0: at the man in the mirror.
1: (laughs) Yes. Just like that. Um, Do you think for maybe for the parent or even the student out there that is like they they see either their student or themselves in your story. Mm -hmm. Do you think there's anything that would be beneficial that you would have liked to hear or that you would have liked to experience to kind of bridge that gap of maybe – taking it more seriously of like, no, my identity comes from Christ. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that question and not to disparage my own parents because they were great in so many ways, but I feel like I wish they would have engaged my heart more on the why and on the, the who, you know, Mm -hmm. to say, what are the important things in life? Who has God made you? And why are you making the choices you're making out of that identity? Now, they might have talked to me. So mom and dad, I'm sorry if you did do all these things. <laughs> and here I am saying you didn't. Um, but I didn't recall them. And so I would have loved parents, my parents to do that more. And I guess that would be my advice to current parents is to say, man, these years go by quick. Mm. And every single day, your kid is waking up with all sorts of voices vying for their attention and their identity and their purpose and everything. And so your voice has to be consistent and has to be mm. loud. And it matters, even if your kid is kind of like chucking you away and saying, no, I don't want to hear that right now. I think it's still important. So it has to come with love. It can't Mm -hmm. just be chiding. It's got to come with love, but it absolutely has to be consistent. And I think church should be a priority too. And I wish my parents would have pushed harder to say, you need to be in community and being at Sunday school one hour a week is not enough. Mm. We need you to be in Christian community. And so I know there's always this balance between school's very busy. There's a lot of demands. But, again, what are the important things in life? And right now I look in football. Where's football? It's not, <laughs> you know, even grades and stuff. You know, they're, they're important, but they're not that important. And so mm-hmm. I, I just, I guess what, I wish my parents would have come after me a little bit harder. And I wish parents for now would just say, hey, parents, you're still your kid's parent. Even if they don't want to listen, you're the one leading the way. And then mm-hmm. even modeling for them. So don't tell them to do something you're not willing to do. So if you want them to be more plugged in in church, then you need to get more plugged in in church as well. Um, Because youth group and small groups and discipleship, that's not just a youth thing. That's an all-life thing. Mm. And so, um, yeah, I would be happy to talk to any parents who have further questions and who resonate with this story. That they could email me anytime. I'd be happy to get coffee. It's probably a more one-on-one type of conversation to say, hey, what's your unique struggle and how do right. you need resource and courage? But that's the trajectory I want, you know. So God gets the glory. I mean, that my whole story oh, is about him saying he knows my identity and he's going to show me my identity and help me to show others their identity.
1: Mm.
0: And, yeah, every step of the way, he's been the one opening doors and uh, opening my eyes to see more deeply into my own soul and help me to like engage other souls as well.
1: Yeah. And I think we'll definitely hear as we do all of our stories, myself and Andrew's as well, we'll see a lot of like similarities in just what's happening in the story. But I think, like you said, the, the uh, common factor is all going to be God's sovereignty over our lives and how He has journeyed us through. Yeah. In ways we would have
0: never expected, right?
1: Absolutely not. And so, and it's just the same for all the students in our youth group, whether they're there every Sunday or Mm -hmm. they're not there every Sunday or they're never there. It's like, yeah. God is still doing things. And so,
0: yeah, God doesn't give up on us. Mm -hmm. And that's such an encouragement because I probably would have given up on myself, you know, looking at how active I was, but Mm -hmm. God was faithful and thanks be to other people who did not give up on me either but from the grace of god chose to give me grace Mm -hmm. and again grace is undeserved unmerited favor and they gave that to me and it has impacted my life ever since
1: well thank you so much john for sharing your story and just kind of letting us get to know you a little bit more maybe some parents already know that about you but i think for the ones that um don't know us as well these are going to be great to to get to know us a little bit more and maybe bridge the gap and feel a little comfortable like you said to be able to reach out and grab coffee that you would totally be more than willing to do that so
0: yeah absolutely
1: awesome well thank you so much again Mm -hmm. and we will see you guys next time
0: see you guys